This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to another episode of the number one AFC Women podcast, the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. My name is Lee Finch. I will be joined by the one and only Danny Baker as we talk about everything Wimbledon, the preseason signings that we've had in and out, uh, the youngsters that we have available, should they be in the team? Are they pushing for starts or should they be sent on loan? Uh, plough lane issues that we've had recently with regards to the flags, uh, away tickets, the priority, and also the stewarding at the Portsmouth game. Uh, and then we'll talk about our predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, but yeah, let me introduce the one and only Danny Baker. Danny, how are we? We're good. Do you know what? It's been a busy day. I've been on the phone to Saudi Arabia the whole day. They've been leave, they've been trying to get me away from this wonderful podcast, offer me thousands of pounds. And do you know what I've said? Yes. I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm staying with the, with, you know, one was at a dream. This is it. This is me for the year. I've committed. So I'm expecting big things from me this year. Talking about that, we could, that could be our early subject, right? We've got to see all this. Oh, you're, it... you're, you're, you're doing this now, eh? You're doing the early subject thing. <laughs> well, you just said about the Saudi Arabia oh, no, stuff. Fine. And I see a lot of people like Jordan Henderson's been getting a lot of stick because he, uh, do you know what I mean? He stuck up for certain communities and, do you know what I mean? And yeah. then obviously Saudi Arabia ain't, uh, it's against some of that stuff regarding that. Yeah. But a lot of the players that have gone there, okay, Jordan Henderson and Stephen Gerrard are the, the the minority from that. But most of the players going there are what, what they call Muslim players. Do you know what I mean? So they're going to a Muslim country, which is going to, I think someone said the other day, it's about an hour or two from Mecca. Which suit? If well, yeah, well, Saudi Arabia is the home of Mecca. Obviously, the Islamic faith. When you go on, in, on, on um, when you basically go on Hajj, which is like the holy pilgrimage, when you go around Mecca, that is in Saudi Arabia. So, I, I, I can see that. I think the, the the scary thing about all of it, whether I don't know if it's scary or not, but it is. It's the age of the players now. It was. It was your thirty for twos, your thirty threes, your thirty four year old players. And then I was chatting to my mates on the on the old Dubry, and he was like, one player is going to go early. And that was Ruben Neves. He went. And all of a sudden, everyone went, yep, 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 yep. And it's just, um, yeah. Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think, are you bothered about it? Is it is this something that's going to be positively benefiting football or not? 
It doesn't bother me. I just, I think it's quite hilarious that the Premier League people that have been stitching up lower leagues and the rest of Europe for years and now having hissy fits that there's teams out there that can blow them out of the water money-wise and they're not really liking it. Do you know what I mean? People like Jamie Carragher and stuff like that have been quite vocal about it, where I think it's brilliant. You've been absolutely murdering lower league football by nicking their players for hardly anything and taking, you know what I mean, buying players for millions. And that's the problem we have now when you think the Premier League spent so much money, it filtered down to players like last year when we had George Marshall who was earning three and a half grand a week to play League Two football. Do you know what I mean? It's filtered all the way down into our non-league football now and teams like South End could be going bust because they can't afford to to keep players, bad ownership and stuff. And uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I think it's actually quite funny that now the Saudis and uh, Qataris have now got involved and they've got as much money as they want and they could uh, the Kylian Mbappe deal that they've put together for a, a pretty much oh, a season long. Madness, yeah, it's mental. Crazy. And I, yeah, I think it's hilarious, and I don't think it, it ain't going to bother us too much. As I said, unfortunately, we're already past that point with regards to players' wages. We should have had a reset after COVID. We didn't. Play, players didn't. Clubs didn't. Uh, yeah, as I said the other day, I raised an issue with regards to South End and saying I thought we, as a club, have been quite quiet regarding South End's fate, especially as the Don's trust, uh, this big fan ownership thing, and they've been work. They've been a uh, welcoming. I think it's a Scottish team, St. Johnson or someone like that have just gone fan-owned uh, and praising them for that. But we didn't put an olive branch out to South End's supporters trust to kind of see if they needed any assistance or what the next move would be if they didn't have a club in 42 days. I think they're going to be all right now. I think they're uh, going to be taken over. But, oh, are yeah. they? Well, well obviously, I... we, were, we were better plan Saturday, weren't we? Now that's we're yes. playing Wilson. And people, um, say, people said to me, oh, they didn't agree. The problem with me I've got is I live in Southend. I work in Southend. I'm a taxi driver in Southend. So I get to talk to a lot of Southend fans who jump in the cab and jump in there, like talk football, who just bought, and I tell them AFC Wimbledon. Uh, and then we get football. And I had one guy in the cab. He's only he's an old guy. Uh, been supporting three generations of Southend fans. And he's telling me, I don't know if I'm going to have a club to go to on, on Monday. And like, where do you go after that? And then, yeah, I tried to tell him what we went through and stuff. Uh, fan ownership is not, in my opinion, not the greatest now, but it did us a blessing when we first started. And do you know what I mean? There is light at the end of the tunnel and stuff. So, yeah, but I can't imagine. Do you know what I mean? And we went through them dark days where you didn't have a club at the end of end of the yeah. day. Uh, and I, yeah, South I just feel that I, I do feel that there is this sort of protective layer around. And we, for clarity, we obviously weren't bankrupt. We were moved, so yes. it is a slightly different model. Yeah. And I kept saying to my dad about it, and there was obviously Berry were the one club who have, who basically were like, okay, you, you don't, you're not around anymore. But even they've now kind of come back into, I believe they back at Gig Lane as well. They kind of almost got themselves back together. Uh, I do worry where I do kind of feel that at some point there's going to be a big club that's just not that's just going to go, and how it's going to recover, I I, I don't know. And in many ways, sadly, I think a, a big club needs to go for football to kind of go, well, hold on a minute. And on almost, like you said, it, it's such an annoyance because the recalibration they could have had after COVID, as you just said, which I think is the perfect word, a recalibration. We we had an opportunity to have done this and we've we've missed the boat. And now, obviously, you're talking about, the, you know, it was it, we had the Chinese Super League that was going to threaten... Chinese Super League is a bit, bit different yeah. to the Saudi League, though, because Chinese Super League was the government who put money into clubs and then they got... Uh, didn't FIFA put a kind of stop to it kind of thing? Or I can't yeah, remember. But, no, but obviously, if you think it's the Chinese, Chinese the Saudi government. League 
is totally different from me. That's, ro- that? that's royal family, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it the, the owner? Isn't it the the? It's, it's similar. The it's shakes. similar to the yeah. And the Saudi league to me is the 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 thing about it is they've got literally a black hole pot of money. They literally they're trillions. Do you know what I mean? So them offering one billion to Kylian Mbappe is like me, yeah. me and you spending a tenner in a pub. Well, not you because you don't ever open your wallet, but it's like me and you going into a pub and spending buying one round. And then, do you know what I mean? It's not that. It's literally like that for the Saudi Arabians. They could spend. And I think we said this when when uh, Assal went to Qatar. I, I think we said there might be a little bit of a an effect on this that League Two, League One footballers might go. But no, he's only forty grand a week to play. In Qatar, is that something I could be looking at? And it didn't really happen after he left. But the Saudi money is just crazy now. There has been a few. There has been a few lower lower players. I've read Max Power, who was obviously at Wigan. He's gone he's to the signed. second division, and he for yeah. Robbie Fowler's team. Yeah, he signed for for them. I, I can't. There are a couple of others, but it's interesting. It's it, like I said, it's an interesting market, and it's sort of one of these things where. I was reading about Jordan, the money that they're offering Jordan Henderson. And I was like, oh my lord! Like, how can, how could any human being, regardless of your ethos and your mentality, so Marco Silva, eventually it'll, they'll come back and up it, and he'll go to Fulham manager. Two million no, for two years is mad. It's just, uh, it, you know the one I don't. What I don't get, Danny, is when people say, "Well, he's rich enough already. He's on. He's already on two hundred grand a week." But then, as uh, Dara Mac, um, what's his name, Dara from Peterborough, McAntony. That's it. He's been on Talk Sport. And he was saying, well, after tax insurance and stuff, it's only going to be about 90 grand a week, which is still a good wage. Don't get me wrong. That's still, yeah, you live on that. In your bin. But you also don't know what their outgoings is because obviously earning that much money, you're going to have a a bigger place. You can have more cars. Do you know what I mean? So people don't know what these people are living like. And if they, they, you know what I mean? They they now have set their families up for generations. I mean, which is massive. I don't don't even get anyone how anyone can argue about it. I mean, the money is obscene. If someone offered anyone obscene money, they're going. They're oh, no, going there is pe- there is people that have like uh, I think it was, it was Nick from Nine Years said that it, it was morally incorrect and he would never do it. Oh, put the money in front of him. Put the money in front of him and go. <laughs> it's all. This is what I say. It's all well and good when people yeah. when you haven't got the money being offered to you. But if someone said to me, drive a taxi in Saudi Arabia for triple, and you can buy Wimbledon, you could buy Wimbledon at the end of it. You, I'd, doing I'd it, be driving, you? I'd be driving a taxi and going, I don't know, mate, where are you off to? In, yeah. in you, Saudi. You, you, you South End. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Talk, talking about Saudi money, should we talk about our our wonderful club and our pre-season? It seems to have been pretty decent. What have you What have you made of it? Yeah, pre-season, I never really, I take it with a pinch of salt, really, because as uh, Johnny Jackson will say, and most managers, you'll hear the cliches, it's about getting minutes in the legs, it's about getting the boys involved. The, the, the main people that take it seriously are the youngsters who really have a point to prove. Some of the new players coming in will have points to prove, or I say some, we've had 10 new signings now, but, uh, and that, that might, that might go up before the start of the season. But uh, yeah, so, the youngsters will have points to prove. People like the Williams, the Sassus, yeah. and them because First they block. want to go. I'm here. I want to play first team football. I want to be in that starting lineup. Uh, but the rest of it, the Pels and things like that, uh, alleys. It's all about them getting fit, getting through the games, and making sure that they're ready, hundred percent to start against Grimsby on the fifth of August. I mean, from what I, I again, it's very. I'm almost. I hate to agree with you, but I'm almost exactly the same with a preseason. It's sort of. 
I'm not particularly bothered about results, but I think from a from a club perspective, the things that have been interesting is every single game has been we we barely we've conceded one goal, which is obviously against QPR, and apart from which that, which is a mistake, been, which is a mistake. And again, if you think about, we played Brentford B and we drew nil nil with them. We've obviously beaten Portsmouth one nil, Woking was nil nil, Met Police four nil, Wimbledon Reading was one nil. I I wonder whether there is a hint as to how we're looking. I guess what I'm I'm kind of getting the the feeling that we're going to be quite a functional, quite a compact, quite a um, maybe a not very exciting team. I'd like to I'm going to kind of guess at, but one that I feel is going to probably be a little bit more consistent and a bit more solid than we were last year. That's what I'm kind of reading from it. Um, but from from the people who have watched, I've, I've kind of looked a little bit, seen a few highlights. It seems that we've we've been all right, and people have people have enjoyed it. The the, the fans who've come have gone have come away feeling like they've had a decent game. Um, but it just it's an interesting it's a build up, and I think he'll be desperate to get to Saturday and not lose. I think if he if he can get to Wildstone and finish with Wildstone and not have any kind of loss, I think he'll feel that he's had a pretty good pre season both on and off the pitch. I'd have thought. Yeah, for me, the, the big one was the Portsmouth game, beating them 1-0. Yeah. Because I think three or four days before that, they'd beat that team, beat Crawley 9-1. And I know oh, Crawley, wow. Crawley are in absolute disarray at the uh, moment. Are they, are they actually in the shambles, are they? Oh, massively in the shambles. They're selling their best players. Get me, we've got Tilly. The Nasdens could be going to Sutton. Telford is still rumoured to want out of Crawley and go somewhere else. They've signed a lot of non-league footballers who could could do really well. But they, the weird one for Crawley the other day is they signed a player from Brackley Town, or but okay. he got he got released or sent by Brackley Town, went to another non-league team, and then Crawley signed him on a fee, and he'd only been there a month. Very weird. Yeah, he got released at the end of the season from a non-league team, signed for a non-league team, and then Crawley bought him, and they're, yeah, they're in massive disarray. But yeah, they lost nine one to Portsmouth. We, we end up playing well against Portsmouth. Ali was back. Pell was playing. I've got a real big issue at the moment, though, with what are we doing with Harry Pell? Yeah. I know people say he's got to go further forward, but we've got Bugel, Davison, Ali at the moment, possibly another striker coming in. Why are we trying to force Pell to be this number 10 and, and play just one up front then with Pell just slightly behind him? I think I think the question mark with that is frankly how good are I think it's pretty nailed on that he's definitely going to play Newfield on one side and I'm pretty sure he'll play Tilly the other. So if he's going to play those two wide and now Hamadi up front, the reality of it is either going to play Pell or will play Davison, I guess. With, Pell, with, with two sitters. Pell's not a striker and he's not that number ten either. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think if we if we we're gonna to have to play as you said, the two wingers, which we have done in pre-season, you can't play two midfielders in the middle because you're going to get overrun. So look, at the moment, he's playing 4-2-3-1, but then that only leaves us with the one up front. And do you know what I mean? And the wingers are very... They're not wingers then. I just... I, I Again, I'm, I'm hoping we, we've got to meet the manager, haven't we, soon before the season? Yeah, the Tuesday before the start. I'm hoping people will ask the questions regards to... What what is the game plan this year? What is what are what are we and what is it the expectations? What have we put on him? Because we'll talk about it later with regards to predictions. Because a lot of team people have made predictions regarding where we're going to finish and stuff. Not a lot of them are great. But what are the actual club's expectations and what are they putting on Johnny Jackson? Because after last year, 
you know what I mean? People were just hoping for improvement this year and going from 20th to uh, 17th or 18th. Well, I actually think we need to be aiming higher than that. It's a massive season. It's a massive te- first 10, 15 games for Johnny Jackson. Yeah. I just don't know what the game plan is and I don't know why we've signed two, well, a striker and we're possibly going to be signing another one. We've signed, what, three wingers and we've got apparently Locke's been doing really well as a winger. If we're going to play Harry Pell more as a, a striker just behind Ali, I, 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 I really think we're going to miss out and a box-to-box type player in Harry Pell. I think the problem is I don't. I think from what I've seen of him, I don't think he can play deeper. I don't think he gets a game deeper. I think Reeves will play as one of them players, and I think he'll. I think I think I actually don't mind Pell behind. I think he offers an aerial threat. I think he his energy and his his general charisma and play, as I said before, and I still I would still have him as captain to be honest. I still would. I think he's the right kind of personality. I don't know who they're going for. I presume they're going to go for Jake Reeves, but. Um, I would I would have gone with Pell, so I don't have a problem with that. I guess I guess the argument I will put across to that is the one thing we have now is options. We're now going to have we're not going to have just Davison. Oh my God, if he's injured, what are we going to do? We're going to have obviously Alhamidi, Davison, Boogie was our main three forwards with Sasu or Locke, whichever one does whatever they want to do as a potential runner, and then that means that you've got the two wingers. I, I guess from a whether or not I, I didn't like Al Hamadi wide at all, and I think we have to kind of put him in the middle. Um, so I, I guess the challenge I have is that if you, if we are going to play that formation, which is fine, it's just if Tilly doesn't come off or if um, Newfield doesn't come off, then we're kind of we are really light in those areas. And whether any of the I guess one of the younger lads can do it, I personally though don't have a problem with one up front, and it would be Al Hamadi, and I wouldn't start Davison as as from. From my perspective, I would have Al Hamadi, Tilly, Newville, Pell. I'm okay with that. And then Pell can drop into a three if we need to shore up a bit. When we're attacking, we play as a as a four. And when we're defending, almost if if I wouldn't necessarily bank on the wingers getting back, but I would expect Pell to come back and you make a three. So you almost you go four three three in defence, and then when you're attacking, you put Pell a bit further forward. So the teams I saw last year that done really well. And were good were teams that had two up front, and I think if you've got Ali up front and he has to play through the middle, he'll score you goals. But yep. you also need someone like Josh Davison next to him and a blue girl next to him who are going to work really, really hard, do all the donkey work, and then Ali's going to be the one scoring the goals. Yeah, I don't argue with that. I can't see Harry Pell doing all that donkey work. Do you know what I mean he's a bit of a, a show pony in that kind of role? Do you know what I mean with this, this, the shit housery that he kind of does and stuff that he doesn't yeah, yeah. to bring to the game all the time? Yeah, I think we. No, I can, I can understand it. Role. And also, we've not mentioned McLean yet, which, do you know what I mean? Apparently, done really well against Portsmouth. Young player looking to do well. We've signed him for a fee. I know he's going to be a long, longer term project yeah. for us, but he could be one that comes in for Newfield or Tilly yeah. when they, do you know what I mean? And as you said, the, the depth this year is a, a lot better than it was last year. I think it was Arash the other day put on a. Uh, the when was it when we done the transfer window and we signed Presley, Mabude, Lawrence, and people like that? And you look at that transfer window and you just you just it sends a shiver down your spine how bad it was compared to this one. And this, it make this... it, do you think the do you think the loans are a quite an interesting one? And the fact that we've only really got Bass 
and Lewis, is that right? The Bass and Lewis, yeah, Stockport, yeah. That's it. I don't think we've got any other loans, have we? No. Interesting. So we've, we've still got... Free loans still to got, use. Yeah, which I, which I think is the, the fundamental difference between what we were doing last year and this year is the fact that we've gone more permanent and we've kept a few loans up our sleeve, which I think is the right way to go. Um, but I guess the Mabude Presley um, Lawrence is is tricky because we just we basically had a right that was our ethos when we were going to gamble on these bright young players and Mabude was good for two games I reckon maximum. Um, Presley didn't do a hell of a lot of Brackington to be fair to him, um, and yeah Lawrence was absolutely fanboyed up by his sister when he bless him. Anyway, talking <laughs> about people coming in, we've obviously since we last spoke we've had. Um, Four have come in. Well, three have come in. Um, Bell, Bass and Little. Should we start with... Let's start with Bass. He seems like a, a relatively solid loan, I would have thought, don't you think? Yeah, I think... I, I like keepers coming in as, as loan players. I really do. I think it's worked for us before. We've had Kelly Ruse. We've had, obviously, Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale. I think it is good. It's the only position where if a keeper does really well, they're probably not going to be sent back unless something really bad happens, like your keeper gets injured, because yeah. most teams have their first choice keeper for that season. Yeah, uh, agreed. And they, and they usually have a number two as well below that. It's not like if you've got a striker in and he's scoring 30 goals, then you go, right, January, he's back to us, or he goes off and you get sold for quite a lot of money. Keepers don't really go back and disappear. So I think we probably have him for the whole season as long as... He was as... at Portsmouth last year, is that right? Bass? Portsmouth, yeah, Portsmouth, maybe? Because he obviously, he's from Sunderland. Um, he's he's a Sunderland player. Um, but I was under the impression that he was with someone in League 2 last year. I'm sure it weren't... It weren't uh... League 1 last year, sorry. I'm it definitely sure. wasn't uh, Portsmouth. Let me have a little look. He was Just at Sunderland. No, was, he went to. If we went from Brad, yeah, it was Portsmouth. He was Bradford. Yeah, but no, no. So he, he was. He was went from Bradford to Portsmouth as a as a. He was a Portsmouth player, and last he, year he, he went, went from Portsmouth to Sunderland. Yeah, he went to Portsmouth to Sunderland. Yeah, and then he was on loan at say Southend, Torquay, Salisbury from Portsmouth. Then he went on loan yeah. from Bradford from Sunderland. So, yeah, he's six foot three. He's good with his feet. Do you know what I mean? Which is what I think we lacked with Vroom and Zanev. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. I, I, he, he pulled off a save the other day in pre-season against QPR. Yeah. You know when QPR done yeah, about 22 passes and everyone was going mental and it's like, well, it didn't go in, so what you can't calm down a little bit. But yeah, he that save is actually really good. So, Those vlogs flagged it and you could tell it was a really good save. He made another one as well in a pre-season, I think. Was it QPR or something? And it was, it was going to be an own goal. And he tips it over, and that's a really good. So he's our number one, you think? Hundred percent, yeah. 100%. What, so what? What? What, what shockwaves is that going to go through in terms of keepers? And what? What do you think the the next well, the shakeup's going to be? Broom will be going out on loan. I think. On loan? Yeah, I think he goes out on so, loan. I think. Well, I think that's hundred percent confirmed. He's going out on loan. He hasn't been involved in the matchday squads in the last few weeks. I don't think he was. He weren't involved at Met Police. He wasn't involved at QPI. He wasn't involved. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Uh, I think he. I think we like him as a goalkeeper, but the problem that he's had since he come in, and, and I've been quite harsh on him really, but I always think if you if you if you struggle to get in, you can't get Nick Zanev out of place when Nick Zanev's not been great in the last two or three years, and you've not been able to dislodge him even when injured. Then that says a lot more about you 
than it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think he goes on loan because they want him to go off and have a full season yeah. playing men's football. So he could drop to the conference. Uh, I think there's a couple of teams down there linked with him in, in around London way. So if he drops to the conference, have a full year as a number one, and then come back a better goalkeeper, then yeah. he'll break into the first team next year. So I, does that mean that Zanev stays? Zanev's gone, I think. I think Zanev's been sold as soon so as you're gonna, so that, that means if you've got if you've got Bass and no Zanev and no Broom. Well, there's that other the other guy's been training with us from the ex Millwall Stanford. Yeah, Stanford, yeah. Okay. Yeah, from so you reckon Heath. you reckon that the two Zanev goes, so does Broom. Broom on loan, Zanev permanent. Where do you think he goes, Zanev? Because the, the issue I have with Stanford coming in is, is I don't think he's better than the two keepers that will be letting go. But as I said, I think Broom needs a full season playing first team where Alex Bass is going to be our first in goalkeeper. Broom's numbers will be limited again, which I don't think he needs. Zanev was rumoured to be going to Blackburn, which they then fell through. Portsmouth are looking at bringing in another goalkeeper on a permanent basis. So someone was the other day putting two to two together and coming up with five. So that could be a possibility, but it wasn't you again, was it? Not me. I know, only what sources always correct me. I don't think we've had one this year that we've not got right pre-season. I think we've every single player we've we've tipped to come in or we've known about it. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, we know about ITK, it. Itk, mate. Itk in the know. That's what it means, mate. Yeah, well done. I, know, I, but, I, uh, work it. I, I thought it was like one of those old, you know, the old cassettes <laughs> made like with TDK. PDK, yeah, they used to go to Palace. So, so, so Zanev, you think he'll stay in the Football League? The, the thing I've got with Zanev is I think he'll probably go up a division. Which Well, and play or go up and be back up? I think he'll go up and be back up. Yeah, that's what I'm but... thinking. I, th- I think he'll go up a league, but I think he'll be a a relative. The other thing as well is that I, I, I would have thought we'd want money for him. I can't imagine him being a freebie. Uh, it depends on what his wages is. If his wages is two and a half, three grand a week, get him off the wage bill, mate. Uh, and also, I, I mean, I, I never thought we were about Nick Zanev until last year. He's always had questions regarding his goalkeeping. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's coming out for crosses, commanding his box, his feet. Always, he's a great shot stopper, right? Which any professional goalkeeper should be a good shot stopper. Do you know what I mean? That's their... That's what they should do. Yeah. It's like saying I'm a striker, but I can't hit a ball. Do you know what I mean? Like, you should be a good shot stopper. Commanding his box is poor, feet's poor. And to be fair, last year we've learned about his attitude being pretty poor as well with stuff that went on at the end of the season. Do, do you know what I mean? Other stuff that's gone on with his attitude. And, do you know what I mean? He's all, a little, yeah, a little bit too cocky for my liking, I think, at the end of the last year when we got finished fourth and bottom. Do you know what I mean? Just pull, pull the reins in a little bit. Go and be a proper keeper, and I don't think he wants that. I think he's happy to now be a number two somewhere. So, I think that I think the challenge, like you said, is there were just too many, particularly the kicking. Like the, I think it was, was it the last game of the season when Jeff got scored. I was like, right, you're toast. We were just not at the races at all. We just couldn't get moving. He was just struggling massively. I I, I do kind of feel that his races run a little bit. Um. I, think, to, I think he got lucky the season before that when we got relegated and the Fleetwood goal. Then yeah. he came back from that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that pretty much cost us. It's weird because he was he was he was a decent penalty saver, which I think isn't 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 that is not something that's expected. He he's got a really good record from them, but I just I don't 
I guess for me, I never really had any kind of back pass to him. The whole crowd were panicking, and particularly on a cross. I kind of felt pretty confident with him across. I kind of felt quite comfortable when someone was having a shot, but the moment the ball came to him, I just thought he panicked a lot. And I think that if you're a keeper who's going to do that, I think you're, um, you've you got problems. But... And, and to be fair, yeah. like Ashley Bayes has been brilliant. Ten years at the club, so good with the goalkeepers. You probably look at him and think, actually, this is probably one that he's fouled with, Nick Zanev. Do, because... do you think he's fouled, though, or do you think that he's that that's just Zanev hasn't quite got to where he should have got to? Yeah, possibly. Possibly, and that's probably what you'll have to say. And it, you, it's probably harsh to say, you know I mean, to lay it at Bayes' doorstep, but you look at keepers that he's had previously, do you know what I mean? From from Kelly Ruse to Ashley, uh, what's his name? James Shea, do you know what I mean? To most of the keepers we've had, other than, like, even if you look at the one now, the cocky one who got lobbed and end up, we had to end up sending back because it was too much. He's out at Coventry or someone doing really well, do you know what I mean? And you think, yeah. maybe Zanev's attitude probably has cost him where he is now and why he hasn't pushed on and become a better goalkeeper. But yeah, Alex Bass, it's hard because I can't really, I've not really seen enough of him to say, yes, he's going to be better than Zanev. We don't know, unfortunately, at the moment, but hopefully that will be the case and, and he'll push on with us as he, he has got a great coach to work with. So, And what do you make about then, obviously, um, the midfield? Because obviously Bell's come in um, and obviously we've had Armani Little. Um, I was a bit... Armani Little kind of started really, really well and then just died. Like, last year, I thought he went, he got worse and worse and worse um, throughout throughout his time, really. I thought he was a really, really good player and I was like, wow, this boy could seriously be something. And I just felt he kind of, his form, I don't know whether it was fitness-related or not, I just felt like his form kind of dived off the off the face of the earth, really. But what, what do you make of um, Bell and Little? Yeah, I agree with you regards to Little. I, I... When he first signed, I thought, brilliant, this kid's mate, after about four or five games, I was like, well, if we can get him on a permanent next season, he is a class act. He likes and he's, to go not, he's not fit yet, is he? He's still injured? He played against Portsmouth, so I'm not 100% sure if he'll be starting this season. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really like Little, but yeah, I agree with you that his he's, uh, form fell off a cliff, but then a lot of players fell off a cliff last year at the end yeah. of the season. Yeah. Was he fully fit when we were playing? You know what I mean? He got injured at Stevenage when he probably shouldn't have played or he should have come off a bit earlier and we had to play him kind of thin because we didn't have the numbers then. Uh, I like him if he gets fit. Again, where are we putting these players though, Danny, into a formation that because Reeves and Little can't play next to each other unless you do the three of them and then you're playing, what, a 4-5-1? Why can't Reeves and Little play? Aren't they just two holders you'll kind of pass the ball about? Yeah, but who are you having in, what, then you're having in front of them, what, Pell and then... Pell, and then, like you said, that yeah, means that you're going to play Pell behind. And I if think you need Pell will then, unfortunately, push up too far and then we'll get overrun in midfield. That's what happened last year when we had Little in there. I think yeah. the thing with Little as well is that what the, the player that we were sold was not the player that we got, if that makes sense. we were we When we were, when all the the, the hype about him, he was a goal-scoring, loves a long shot. 15 goals, up, yeah. And we were like, where is this bloke? Like, I, I, honestly, I don't think he had more than one shot and he went miles over. I just... I didn't feel like the player that we was we were told we got. Now whether that's going to change and whether whether him playing with Reeves may give him a bit more license, I'd have thought it would be the opposite. Really, I'd have thought Woodyard. You know, Woodyard was guaranteed just to sit there and do all the running. So with with obviously 
Reeves next to him now. Um, I think it's an interesting one. Um, so, what do you make? I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that with with Reeves playing, Reeves will be the one, the only one that sits. Where before we had Woodyard that would sit, Little that would sit, uh, Marsh that would sit, all sideways backward passing. Where Reeves will sit, he'll do sideways backwards passing, but they'll also thread the eye for a needle with passes going forward. He'll make things happen going forward, and then hopefully we can push Little on a little bit further. We'll get the player that we thought we were getting when he first signed, goal scoring assists. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's where we will change this year from last year, where we had three, four players all the same. We're going to have different midfielders now, and I think you're just about to come on to Bell. Bell's one I'm quite excited about, but there's one little thing that will will cause an issue, I think, is his attitude. If you look at Rochdale fans when he's left, is there's not one nice word said about him. His attitude apparently was really wrong. He threw his toys out the pram. I think there's one photo that Rochdale fan posted to a lot of women fans yesterday or the other day when when they signed him. It was that he the, the Rochdale players were clapping off the fans and away game, and he was already down the tunnel kind of thing. Yeah, you know I mean, which really irks us. You know what I mean? It really wound us up with people like Woodyard done it. And as I said at the time, we're, we're looking to replace the players with the, the bad apples, the bad attitudes. We don't want to be getting another one in. But when we signed uh, Lyle Taylor at the time, he had apparently a bad attitude and he came on and done marvellous things for us. Is this now Bell coming in? I'm guessing he's going to be moving again from north to south. I mean, so it's a big move for him. Uh, he's worked with Craig Coke before. Hopefully, he can come in, have a good attitude, want to want to play, want to get in a starting lineup, which would push him forward and adhere himself to the women of fans because you're not going to get on really well with us if you're going to have a bad attitude from the start. No, but I think I think the thing that is interesting is that in all the interviews you see with Craig Coke, Danny Macklin, Johnny Jackson, they've all referred to the right sort of player. They yeah. all mention that kind of language, if that makes sense. Yeah. So obviously part of our DNA and part of their their signings, if you like, they've always said they've got to be the right kind of player, they've got to be the right kind of player, which kind of means with him coming in that we were quite, we were heavily populated in the middle, if you know what I mean. We had a lot, a lot of players in the middle of the park, um, which is interesting. Obviously, you know, just before we came on, we've obviously Woodyard's gone. Um, thoughts about Woodyard? I mean, he was... I, I think he was a, a decent footballer who was not particularly good at leading. And I feel that he was, I, I think he had a really good first year. And then I thought he just completely fell off a cliff after that in terms of whether it was he got old, whether the legs caught up with him, whether he lost his mojo. I don't really know. But w- what's your take on Woodyard departing? So when we signed Little and then when we signed Bell, it, that to me spelt the end of Alex Woodyard. Especially oh, it has as- to be, yeah. Especially during pre-season where uh, Reeves is wearing number four. Woodyard ain't wearing a number. Captain's armband's gone to Reeves or Pierce. Do you know what I mean? Kind of Woodyard was kind of not... don't know if he was getting frozen out, but he was kind of, look, you're not going to be playing. You either get a move or you're going to have to sit there and you're not going to play games anyway. So, do you know what I mean? So, for me, as most people know, I'm not the biggest Alex Woodyard fan. I wish him all the best in the future. I really do because, as you say, I think first year he was good. For me, he's one of the worst captains we've ever had. Someone said earlier, I said the worst captain, and someone said, what about Deji Oshelaja that time? Probably have to agree with him. He was awful that time when he was with us. But, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pleased that he's gone. I think it's it's win-win for all parties. Do you know what I mean? It's good for us to get him off the books. His wages will, will save now. Uh, good for him. York are a club on the up. 
they poor last year, but they're pumping in quite a bit of money in that league. I was going to say, what do you make of the of him going to York? Because obviously, I, I don't know much about York, and I don't know how much money they're pumping in. I know they went down a lot, and they're coming back. So I presume they must be investing a decent amount. Well, they've, but they've got a new have, stadium. Could you, have, could you have got another gig, do you think, in the Football League? Or do you think this is a money-led transfer? Also shows where he is at, that not many people from League 2, or no one, I'm guessing, from League 2 or League 1 has come in for him. Do you know what I mean? He, he said he found out about the move a couple of weeks ago to York. Yeah, I, I think it's a good move for him. As I said, York, new ground, very similar to our ground, but on a slightly smaller scale. Uh, their, their chairman are pumping in a bit of money. They're one of the favourite, I think, 18 to 1 to go out of that league where they've got really? chess fields and things. So I think there are a lot of people predicting them to go up this year from conference. Uh, it's a tough old division though the conference and I think they're oh, doing things right they're getting in someone like Alex Woodyard who has if we were in the conference and we were signing players with Tranmere behind him Wimbledon behind him Lincoln we're out of that league before you're probably thinking this is a great move I'm chuffed to bits I know people said he'd done really good things off the pitch with getting getting uh, players videos from their parents and stuff for two seasons we've been absolutely horrendous uh, on the pitch he was horrendous and some of the games he'd just go missing. The sarcastic clapping from the fans, slowly walking off. Uh, the stuff at the end of season awards, as much as he wasn't involved in that, as the captain, you rein that in. Do you know what I mean? You kind of sort that yeah. out. You don't have that kind of stuff at Wimbledon. Uh, and for Johnny Jackson to be annoyed that much to freeze him out, it looks like. Do you know what I mean? And he gave him chances last year then. Yeah. good luck. As I said, good luck to him. I'm happy he's not going to be a Wimbledon player next year. Reeves, Woodyard, Little Woodyard, Bell is the only one that's got question marks over him at the moment. But I'll judge him. I'll judge Bell on the games that I see and the attitude I see after games. Yeah, I think I think the Woodyard. I felt it kind of came to its natural conclusion. Really, I kind of felt that his race had. I felt that we all kind of felt that we needed to move on from not just Woodyard, the centre midfielder, but Woodyard, the captain. Um, Another one though, which again it does feel a little bit like a races run was Nightingale, and I, I didn't, I kind of, when we all got the centre, centre, the centre defenders came in, and you've obviously got um, Johnson, you've got Lewis, you've got Pierce, you've got Callum Bailly, um, I, I, you kind of felt that Nightingale's number probably is up, and I would have thought again a loan to January is probably a go and have a few games, and we'll see where the world sits, but. Do you think he's played his last game, Nightingale? Yeah, and that it, it depends. If he goes up to Scotland and he plays every every minute, plays really well up there, do you know what I mean? Which he could do. It's a good league to go up to as a centre back. You know what I mean? It's very rough, very tough. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna you're gonna get a lot of headers. You know what I mean? You're not playing the Celtic Rangers every week. You are playing battling teams. You know what I mean? They're odd goals in them. Uh, it was a weird one for me, Will Nightingale, because as a person, as a Wimbledon man, he's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? He's always been about, he's, he's come for our youth team. Do you know what I mean? Probably hasn't had the respect that he probably deserves because the last couple of years have been horrendous. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah, we myself and probably a few Wimbledon fans have not disrespected him, but do you know what I mean? Forget that he has come for our youth. He has put his body on the line for us. But unfortunately, the facts don't lie. He is made out of glass. He hasn't played enough games for Wimbledon. We've got younger centre-backs coming in now who you're hoping is going to play 30 games this year, 40 games a year. He wasn't one of them. Paul Callenby as well. is Paul Callenby is on very thin ice at the moment, I think, as well, with regards to the amount of games that he plays. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he's out till, what, October? He's 
always injured. Billa is another one. Do you know what I mean? We love Billa. He's class act football-wise, but you can't be made of glass. If he only plays 10 games this year and we release him at the end of the season, you can't really be surprised at it. And I think that was the problem with Nightingale. No one was really surprised when he ended up leaving. I think they were more surprised that it was a January to January loan and yeah. then all out to Scotland. Yeah, I was... Uh... I mean, I think it's a good move for everybody. I think for him in particular, he needs a freshen up and a different place to to go and play. And playing, like he says, playing the Scottish Premiership, he, there's a decent chance you'll get to play at Ibrox, potentially, Celtic Park and all the other Mickey Mouse mm. football clubs up there. Um, but I think it, it I think it will be interesting for him. Like you said, it will just be a question of if he, if he plays. I think if he's fit, I think he can fight and be competitive. I'm not saying he'll be a starter because we don't know much about a lot of the guys that we've had, but I feel that he definitely, if he's coming in, he's definitely behind three of them. Mm. And if Cannabis is fit, he's probably fifth choice. Yeah. So I think it makes sense for him to go. I just have a sneaky feeling that we might see him again, whether whether that is he, he has the year and we have him next year. But I, it's just, I know he's obviously, it's a long way to go if he's, he's you know, Wimbledon born and bred and he's got all the family down here to go up there. I don't know exactly where it is in Scotland, Ross, but it, it must be a decent old schlep. And I wonder it's, whether or it's, not... It's far up. It's right up north. As I said, like you say about Mickey Mouse competitions, I've got two good mates who are... Gary Saxby's a massive Celtic fan. So is one of my mates, Steve Murphy. They're, Steve Murphy's a massive Irishman, so he's a massive Celtic fan as well. So you've got them two are massive Celtic fans. Then you've got myself, I like Rangers. My mate, Bournemouth Dave, he's from Bournemouth. He loves Rangers. Uh, and, and yeah, so I know a little bit about the Scottish leagues and stuff because I quite keep an eye on it. I actually quite enjoy watching Scottish football. I think it's quite entertaining. Uh, it's entering kind of stuff. I think he's going to, I think he's joined a good club. A club, as I said, he's going to have to defend. He's going to have to throw his body on the line, which Will Nightingale does very well. Yes. It's if, if his body can last it. Robinson will be up there. Sat Robinson uh, will be up there. Hopefully will score goals for them. Uh, and get the move that he, I think he deserves. He'll be playing against Will, which will be quite good for him. Uh, and yeah, Zach Robinson was one that didn't surprise me again. The only thing that surprised me is that we didn't sell him. But yeah. I think we talked about him last time. About yeah, we spoke the about case. the loan deal and stuff. So mm. yeah, I think it's a shame with Nightingale because it, you do kind of have that natural draw to him because of obviously his, his history and him being a long-term Don's fan and player. Um, I think, that the, as always, at this time of year, though, what's always interesting is the youngsters. Now, obviously... We'll, should, we'll take... we'll take Because well, we've been rattling on there for half hour. We'll take well, a break. You, you've, you've been rattling on. We'll take a break, Dan, and then when we come back, we'll yeah, we'll talk about the youngsters. Uh, Sasu, Locke, Williams. Are they ready to get in our first team starting? Or, in my opinion, should they be sent on loan? But we'll get your opinion after we come back from this break. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We're back. And as previously stated, we are going to be talking about some of our youngsters. There's one I, uh, Danny, during the break, did say to me we need to speak about as well. And that is Alfie Bendel. Uh, so, yeah, for me, Sasu Locke Williams and Alfie Bendel, if you include him. The thing with Alfie Bendel, Dan, is, and I said during the break, for me, he's kind of, He's gone off the boil a little bit and no one's really mentioned him anymore. And again, if he left, 
I don't think people would be overly surprised. There was, as I said last year, there was rumours he was on trial at Gladbach. They were going to sign him until they sacked their manager. That didn't work out. People were saying about him going on loan again. Apparently, he earns decent money uh, at Wimbledon. Uh, silly contract that we gave out before Craig Cope came in. People like Mick Dore love him, but ain't raving about him as much as they normally like did the last few years. Is he not given the promise that he first did when he came in, or is it just the fact that we've got better players ahead of him now? And people like Williams are probably ahead of him now as well. To be honest with you, I've got I don't have a clue. And and I think I think the one thing I would say about all these players is if they're not gonna play loads, I mean again, you know, there is also um I'm just looking through some of the some of the teams. There's also a young right back, I can't remember what his name was, um, that he's been playing. He played well. Ethan Sutcliffe, Josh Hallard, got a number of players who that it, it's kind of big seasons because, as you know, a lot of the youngsters last year didn't really. We obviously Curry and Biller, but I don't. I feel like you know a lot of the David Fishers, the first year of kind of pros. Wayne Bartley obviously has gone on loan. It's that, it's that kind of combination where. Ultimately, yes, you want them to be around the squad so they're playing, but if they're not actually going to play, they need to go and they need to go and they need to go and get some minutes. And I feel like Bendel definitely needs to go. The other three, I'm not so sure on. And I think it just a, it's just a question of if if Johnny Jackson feels like they're going to get game time, then I think that they stick around. But if they're yeah. not going to play, they obviously need to go. Yeah, for me, the, the youngsters this year are different to the ones we've had previously because I think these ones are actually good enough. Where before, I don't, I, Crane Bartley, if he left to go to Kings Lynn full time, we wouldn't be going, oh, no, please don't. We, we, you know what I mean, he needs his chance. I think they've had David Fisher's, him, people like that. Alfie Bendel. Pong, yeah. To a certain extent, Alfie Bendel's probably not had the chance that he probably deserves. Do you know what I mean? I think he should have played a lot more last year when we had the Woodyards, the Marshes, who were going, who weren't great. Do you know what I mean? And, and kind of Alfie should have played a lot more. But does Alfie Bendel now deserve a loan to go out and do a whole season somewhere? Probably yes, but it's probably a bit late for him now at Wimbledon if he goes off and does a loan. For me, Sasu's, uh, what is he, a winger come striker? Yep. He's not getting in ahead of Pell. He's not getting in ahead of Little in them kind of roles. He's not getting in ahead of the wingers, Newfield, Tilly, possibly even McLean at the moment. And he's not going to get in ahead of the three strikers that we currently have. So for me, I'd like to see him go out on loan. If Southend can sort themselves out and they can get their, like their transfer embargo gone, hopefully he could go to a club like Southend and go and help someone like that. Yeah, that'd be you know good. I mean? A conference team possibly a conference South team, maybe lowest level I'd send him to. Paris Lock, very similar. I don't think he's going to get in ahead of the wingers that we've currently got. Even though he's pushing them very far, he ain't going to be playing a lot of minutes. And I think for development-wise, youngsters to just sit on the bench and play 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, is not going to do them any favours. So I think Paris Lock, again, go on loan. And what I don't get, Danny, is any time that you suggest that young players should go on loan, you're kind of disrespecting them, or that's how yeah. I do it. And it's not, to it's totally not, it's it's to give them the best development to go away like Jack Curry did. Jack Curry was under the radar, went off for a season on loan at Eastbourne, smashed it, come back, football league player. Do you know what I mean? There's talk about he could be still going off to Bristol City and stuff like that. It's not disrespectful at all to say a young player should go on loan because they shouldn't just be sitting on our bench playing 10 minutes here and there. Go it's out, that, play it's 90 that balance, minutes. Isn't it? It's that balance between training with us 
whether that's going to give them a better yeah, but they're education not Foden in training to, with Pep Guardiola. That's the thing I'm saying is that I, I don't see why it would help anybody. They should just go and play and just get loads. Even if it's you're going to go alone until January, we'll have another look. We'll have a month and then you can go off again. You know the windows are different. I just I feel that all three of them should go on loan. I, I, whether whether you want to keep one as someone who's in and around it, but I always just feel that in our league, frankly, if you're 19 and you're that good, you're playing. Yes. And like Bendel, the, the thing with Bendel for me is that Bendel was absolutely hyped up and raised up, but it never really got a sniff. And I kind of feel like if he was that good, he'd be playing. And also, and I, he, can't, and, I can't see him getting a sniff next season either with the players we've got in his position. But also, and also, he, I'd have Morgan Williams above him now as well. But if, he's good, if, he's, if he's that good as well, people will be all over him and we'll be pushing him off at every... I don't think we are. So I the think only, he's an interesting one. He's very, he's very interesting. The only other one I keep seeing uh, and people keep saying, no, he's got to stay. He'll he'll be around it. And even Joe, who does our graphics today, said that he, he reckons he'll start against Grinsby is Morgan Williams. And his mum obviously raves about him. She's always in a... And our mentions and stuff because again, Hello, she, Williams. she she really does treat it as disrespect that I'm saying he should possibly go on loan. Again, it's totally not. It's it's him being a what is he 18? I think he might even I think he's only 18, Morgan Williams. He's a Welsh under 21, I think. Let me check his age. But yeah, I just I still believe that Morgan Williams should go on loan uh, and that he yeah, he he's gonna be better off on loan at a club. Than he is playing bit parts at William uh, at Williams at Wimbledon, uh, and that's just my opinion because I do think he will struggle not playing every week. I think I think that's one of the other interesting things that a lot of these lot of these young lads they are going up through the through the channels and they're playing every minute in these young in these youth leagues every minute for every team being like a starlet and then you get to the top and all of a sudden it's just stopped. It's not going to rest. Like a cardiac arrest of a of a football career, they just all of a sudden they just stop playing. There's no play. It's just what now? He's also he's eighteen. He's eighteen years old. Can you see him getting in a but Reeves? No. Can you see him getting in against Bell and Little? Possibly, possibly, but I still can't see it at the moment. Bell Bell is a experienced football league footballer. Do you know what I mean? Box to box scores goals. So little. Can't see him getting in against Bell. So as the season goes on, he'll get minutes here and there. But I think for his development as an 18-year-old, go play a full season, go win a Player of the Year award at, at, at Eastbourne Borough. Or something. In the, you need to be playing Conference South, highest level, week in, week out, come back. Lowest I think level. it's also, you know, I know you, you mentioned Morgan Williams' mum, and that's fine. But at the same time, have they not seen using Alfie Bender as a, 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 a prime example? This is what could happen. He could stay and not get any minutes at all. And, and ultimately, go from having, you know, we had some pre-season games where people going, oh, Bendel's great and Bendel's this and Bendel's that. And we, we didn't see no, him. No one's speaking about him anymore. No. Well, so it, only it, us it, here. It's, interesting, it's interesting to sort of work out where these youngsters go. And, and ultimately, I would always would have thought at his age of 18, the one thing he needs to do is go and play. He can, when he comes back, when he's fitter and stronger, then come back and learn. I, I'm, come I'm, back I'm, and contribute. The best thing I hope for is that he does prove us wrong. He starts against Grimsby, he starts against Colchester, and he smashes it out of the park, and he's this like eighteen-year-old whirlwind. Really hope that is the case, and and then I'll hold my hands up and go, look, we were wrong about Morgan Williams. 
he's brilliant. I do think he is brilliant. I think he will be brilliant. I just think at the moment in time, he ain't going to play the minutes that he probably needs to be playing. So a loan probably benefits him at this time for his development going forward. Yeah, and, and and look at people like Chislett and their parents and what they yeah. did. I think that for me, his dad wound me up Chislett so much with some of the comments that he used to make. And we haven't really mentioned Chislett because he's now gone Port Vale, which ain't a great, for me, that's not a good move going to a team that's going to get relegated next year. And I think they'll soon find out he ain't as good as uh, they thought he was. And I didn't know this. He blocked me on uh, social media, Ethan Chislett. Has he? Mm. I, w- I wonder why. First block he put in all season. Wow, that's that. Uh, I'm, I'm actually quite impressed with that. I think that was that was one of your better ones. But yeah. But it's interesting. Like I said, it, it's just all these things that we as Wimbledon fans, and, and to be fair, I think it's all League 2 fans, we're all waiting for that. Messiah, that young guy who's going to come in, who's going to be worth, you know, could be worth a million, could be worth a huge amount of money, who's going to come in and te- and almost transform or turn into this ridiculously brilliant player. But unless he gets chances to play, and I just don't, I just don't feel like the way that we're set up. And also, put yourself in Jackson's boots. He's under pressure this year, right? He's under a huge amount of pressure. Does he go out of left field and pick this young lad and go, do you know what, I'm putting my managerial career on this young 18-year-old who's unproven, untested. Yes, he's had a couple of decent pre-season games. Or does he does he sit tight, pick a bit of tribe experience, somebody a bit bigger, a bit stronger, who knows the sort of the lie of the land as he finds himself in finds his way into the season? I'm, I'd be very surprised if he does get a huge amount of game time, Morgan Williams. But let's let's hope him Locke and Sasso, who all seem to have had pretty good pre-seasons. Yeah, great. Let's hope that, that they all have opportunities to play. But what we don't want to happen is having another Bartley, having another Bendel, Fisher. who frankly aren't getting... Another Fisher, who just basically aren't getting opportunities. And poor Bartley, he could have done with this loan deal last year for the mm. whole year. Great. I just feel with him, he's kind of lost a year of his football career. And I mm. feel that's frustrating because... I felt like he could have. He he was someone who could have gone to Scottish League One or something and just gone and played. Just I, go that, and play. That was. Know. I literally was going to say. I was going to say that you think last year because we were so threadbare, they had to sit on the bench with these players that weren't good enough. Bartley at the time wasn't good enough. He weren't playing. As soon as we could get better players, in, we did. And I think you're right. We he lost a year of his football career, uh, and now has gone off, and we probably won't see him again. But the only problem I've got this year, and people were saying, if we send all these three players on loan or four players on loan, who's going to be on the bench and stuff? Because we're still, okay, we've got a better squad this year, but these kids will make up our bench for a lot of the games. Which, again, but I don't think that helps their development as footballers sitting there playing five minutes here, ten minutes there. So, I think it's a, I think, I think there's enough players where who... When you're in League Two as well, you have players who, frankly, are in the squad just to make up train numbers. If you want to be eleven aside, you've got these players available. And I think there's been a couple of there's like a young right back who's been playing in some of the um, some of the preseason games. Can't think of his name is. I did see it the other day. Um, but there's been some you know some really really good opportunities to bring in younger players who you know you can go come and train with us for a week and get a decent idea of what 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 we're all about. Um, I just yeah. I, it's always, it's always, just, it's, it's a fascinating sort of conversation, really, because we do kind of pride ourselves on bringing up these young lads, and they do great. But at the same time, I don't feel that it's been a, 
for every Biller and for every Curry, we've also had a Bendel and a Bartley, if you know what I mean. And maybe that's just the nature of the beast. I don't I, know. But I just I kind that, of that, feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe prob- that's just problem me. Is that is football. I'd rather have a... I'd rather have a Fisher and Bartley than a Terrier Blady or the young Barnsley winger we had on loan. Do you know what? I spoke I spoke to someone about him. Um I was at what the one of the one of the guys at my school, his dad is the uh, the chairman at Fulham. So I was just chatting to him about this podcast. I was like, Oh my god, you know, he didn't even know barely where I was and I was saying about the podcast and he was obviously like, Aren't you Ace Wimbledon's leading podcast? I was like, yeah, obviously yes we are. Mm-hmm. Um but he was talking about Terrier Blado. And he was like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, you had him. I remember us having a conversation with him, and it, it was very, very, uh, yeah, he spoke very, very highly of him, actually. Um, yeah, but it'd be, it'd be an interesting year for those younger players, and I guess it's always you want that you, you, you want that right balance between really positive, strong young players, but if they're not going to get games, what's the point? Hmm. And, like, you know, we had we had a few guys, Jay Hersey last year, Frimpongs. What I always find interesting when they leave us, where they go, and like I said, I don't know about a Jay Hersey. Frimpong's going to crush Orton. Yeah, um, he was Jenkins. Yeah, so... Jenkins was another one. Everyone goes, I can't believe he's gone. Where, where did he end up? Chelmsford. Yeah, so this is the thing. It's like it's all right thinking that. Playing with Alex, Alex Wood, Wordsworth there now as well. It's Alex Woods, Wordsworth. 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 Really? Yeah, Wordsworth there now. Which again, no, no slight on Wordsworth, but the. He is at the end of his career. Do you know what I mean? So he's gone to a Chelmsford now. He wouldn't have gone to Chelmsford 10, 15 years ago. He'd have been playing for the South Ends, Wimbledon, the Ipswich. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? So people are going, you can't, we can't act out. We made this mistake on Jenkins because he scored against Barrow. You, you, and Frimpong. I liked Frimpong. I liked him as a kid. But unfortunately, it shows. When you're signing for players, teams like Car Shorten, you're t- signing for teams like Chelmsford, you're probably not where we needed you to be. Yeah, and, I, and that's and that's no, again, that's no slight on him as a player. That's no slight on him as a person. It's just that's just life. Yeah. Isn't it? And in in five years' time, he could go from Chelmsford to Dagnum, Dagnum up to, do you know what I mean, to yeah, Oxford, and he could be back in the football league, league one. Good, good. But, but that's normally if you go down to that level, you're two, you're two clubs away, aren't you? You're gonna yeah. the next club is gonna be conference, and then you have to have a good conference to go up. I was interested. Yeah, I was, yeah, it's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I make you right, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so we move on from that, and we talk about uh, some issues and some good subjects. If you like this kind of thing, with regards to the club. So, uh, first off, do you want to? Should we discuss Flaggate that happened the other? So, uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of got a sniff on this on 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 Twitter, um, and, I, and and again to give some context. I saw that Danny Macklin, he put a post up about him not being as engaged on Twitter, which I think is a real shame. I think he, I think he's trying to do the right thing. I think there's been, I think it's a mixed bag on results, but it is at the same time, I feel very, very early in his tenure. It'd be wrong, in my opinion, to kind of judge him now. Yeah, but he said this the other day and he's still on Twitter loads and still replying to people and still post mentioning things that hasn't people haven't tagged him in. So do you know what I mean? I get it and, and I'm all for it. I think Danny Macklin's brilliant and I think he's really good at replying to people. But don't say you're gonna come off Twitter and an hour later you're still replying to people and, and then saying you're wrong. I think the flag I mean? thing, yeah, I mean the so so that was kind of the bit where I was a bit surprised about the flag gate thing was a bit odd because from my understanding we obviously got I mean I'm behind the goal. There's a lot of flags going up and 
I know Lee Willett put the flags up and there was that game last year when he decided to take them all down and everyone was like, oh God, what's going on? Um, but it come uh, from my understanding that some of the flags are not going to be able to be put up because they're putting some sort of sponsorship up. Is that correct? So my understanding regards with it is that some of the flags, the flags go up, uh, a team of volunteers, Lee Willett, a couple of others put the flags up. They, they have to take them down again if Broncos are playing at home. For okay. some reason, which Ray Arnfield made a good point is that this is our ground. You're a tenant on our ground. Why are we taking the flags down? Because Broncos who get about 20 people don't want them up. I don't know how true that is and stuff. I see that point that he raised, which I think is a point. It's our ground at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? This is our stadium. The flags kind of make it that kind of, not that kind of concrete, kind of soulless kind of place. I, we've got a flag. So, uh, me and my boys bought our flag for section 119. It's the yellow one with Neil Ardley in it. I can't remember who else is in it. It's quite a big one. You would have seen it. It's got Neil Ardley, I think Terry Brown, a couple of other, do you know what I mean? What Jones. Uh, we are, I forget the words on it now. It's massive. I, I'm trying to get a photo of it, but my battery's going to die. But yeah, it's really big, massive flag. And we bought it for our section. Next to us is the salad flag that the lad's got for salad, obviously, when he passed away. Do you know what I mean? So they're quite poignant. But, from a point of view in the fact that we have a large debt that we have to pay, Danny yeah. Ratley has been brought in to kind of get that debt down and bring in as much money as possible. Right. I can understand why we're looking to sell that blank space across the boards. But my understanding, was, I thought we were looking to take the flags down to sell space. But it's not. It's not. It's actual space that's already been sold. So it would be, so for example, the South Mover stand. Yeah. It would just be their ad going in them spaces. Do you know what I mean? The South Mover stand one. Do you know what I mean? So the East stand. And who's, but who's, who's by one who had a dream. That, so instead of calling it East stand, it's the one was at a dream stand. Right. Our adverts would go in that space. All the adverts would go in there. So it's not new advertising. So I don't want the flags to go if it's not new advertising. Just work with the advertising. Unless they're getting more money, I don't see the point. That's what I agree with. But if we need more money, but it's quite funny because we raised a couple points and then people started having a go at us saying we were too negative. Do you know what I mean? Like well, you, you are too negative, really. <laughs> very true. But all, all I was worried about was Tim, we've got a flag there that's cost us over £500. Not seen it in pre-season. So is, we asked the question, is it going back up when the season started? Someone said, well, you opened the can of worms there. It's like, well... Do you know what I mean? It's a five hundred. Asking, asking a question because yeah. during COVID, the flags got put out on the seats. Our flag got put at the bottom, and it got left in a puddle. So, do you know what I mean? We saw it on the TV in this massive puddle, and we were like, "Excuse me, can you lift our flag up or put it properly?" Because it costs us a lot of money. Surely and there's a there's a balance in this, Lee. Isn't there? Surely there's a, not having any. What I don't understand is there was a one point he was talking about having flags being waved, wasn't there? Like yeah, which flag again, at the bottom. What's that? What's the difference between that and putting them up on the bottom? I don't really see, get it. Again, it's something I'm not really too fussed about. But obviously, the the people that own the club, the click and the the fan owned, we're, we're supposedly fan owned. Once they get upset, we're saying that means it has to be null and void and changed, and it doesn't matter what anyone else says. I, again, we have a large debt that we have to pay. If we're getting new sponsorship money to sponsor the ground and sponsor the the, the little sections. And the flags have to come down. Unfortunately, that has to be the case, Danny. As I said, all we were worried about is our flag and making sure that it don't get boxed up and left under the stairs somewhere. And we don't. If if that's going to be the case, we'll take our flag back. We'll take it to away games. 
Milson. Borussia, Borussia take your fly back. Milson. <laughs> That's a good one for you. Milson probably can lose it again. We had another flag that Milson left on the train once. Yeah, Classic Gary Milson. Milson isn't it? And, he, and he never paid for it again. Do you know what I mean? And we had that, to that, 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 that is a shame. That's it, why, can, why, can't, why can't we just get them to buy a flag? Well, someone made a point. Slough Womble said, if you wanted a flag up, why don't you just charge people £20 to put their flags up? But we're fan-owned. You can't charge the fans more than they're paying anyway. But there has to be a compromise. Danny has come out and said he's made a mistake on it. Again, has he it? has been pushed by it. Yeah, I think he did the other day. I, I think I think it's that delicate balance, like you said. And again, it's always difficult because we need to earn some money. But the flag, the flags... And again, I guess it's just there are some flags that are great, and some of you are like, "What the hell is that all about?" <laughs> like, we, there's a flag behind me. I think it's Mauritius, right? Like, I've got no idea what country, and I'm amazing with flags. I have not got a clue what flag this is behind me. I'm standing there. I'm like, "What is going on behind me?" There's a flag up. I, don't, I, I couldn't. Dude, tell that's why our flag's quite important because there's a message in our flag. I can't remember what yeah, the message yeah. is now, but there is like New Ardley. There's Vinnie Jones winning the FA Cup. Do you know what I mean? There's it's all old Scott. There's one we are the resurrection. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, there's the light that won't go out. There's yeah, and I agree. And and but at the end of the day, we have a large debt that we have on the stadium that we have to get paid off as soon as possible to get better players on the pitch to make us competitive to get into League One, possibly Championship. We were going to be in the Championship for five years. Do you know what I mean? We need to look yeah. at ways. And, and this is why. And then someone else said they didn't agree with what I said, but well, I think they got it mixed up. Is I said to Danny Macklin, welcome to fan ownership. Because unfortunately, with our fan bases, you're, we're a very unique club. You're not going to please every single fan. Like, we'll come no. on to the ticket in issue. Uh, and Mick Dorr made that point the other day. Mick Dorr's a, a newer fan. Do you know what I mean? He goes up and down the country now. He's really got involved and really sold into the Wimbledon way. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Someone like me and you have been supporting the club for 30 years. We kind of get it as well. You're never going to please everyone. But unfortunately, with no. fan ownership, if I'm not happy then, do you know what I mean, the club should listen. And that's where I get really annoyed sometimes is that people think they can shout loudest and that's how it's going to work. Do you know what I mean? The flag gate, they weren't happy with it. They were making their point. I think some of the comments to Danny were very harsh as well that I saw. I think I think it was Lawrence said, we've now employed people that don't understand the club or the heritage and stuff like that, which I think is quite harsh from Danny, do you know what I mean? And that's why I said, welcome to fan ownership. Because if you were an owner... You've employed Danny Macklin to do it. He would have just gone and done it. Do you know what I mean? But we have all this governance and have you spoke to the Don's Trust Board? And Don's Trust Board ain't worth penny at the moment, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? Totally worthless. I won't be renewing my uh, Don's Trust membership going forward. Of course uh, you won't. I doubt you will either, will you? Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I've I, 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 I received an email today, so I've kind of... It's a weird one because I kind of went on it to be updated and then I kind of, it's, some of it's quite dry. But I guess that is kind of part of yeah, part of the experience. But in terms of the ticket thing, I think we're going to disagree a bit here. Good. Which is, I, I'm, I kind of... A lot of my, I, mate, my own mates disagree with me and I yeah, think sometimes I, it's because well, I understand it's me your, it, Yeah, well I, well, I understand your point of view, but I feel like if you're a season ticket holder at Wimbledon, which means that you go frequently... You 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 should be given first dibs on away on away games. Why? Uh, because you're Cintiq elders, you should get your first putting, priority on home games. Yeah, but what I'm saying is though is that we're financially committing, or we've we've committed to a seat at the home ground. We've paid up front a amount of money 
that tells the club that we are committed to going to, to watch home. them regularly. Home yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, 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 we've lumped in. We've gone in. So, and with the with the debentures, if you like, we've kind of said, look, we are going to be your core. We're putting in 400 notes, whatever it is, a starting point. Which I'll probably I, spend more on train and away day tickets than you will all season. Of course. But what, what we've done is we're going to be at the ground. Plus, obviously, you know, with me, I buy loads at the ground. So beers, pies, scarves, shirts alike. I just feel that if you're going to put your, if you're going to be a scene ticket holder and you're going to be at the game, and that doesn't mean, by the way, you get a scene ticket holder. I think you've got to go to the game. There must be an easy way of saying you're a season ticket holder and you went to the home game against Wrexham, as an example. But I feel that if you're a scene... If you're a scene ticket holder, you should get you should get priority for a ticket. But I don't think that it there is an easy win. And what I don't think what I think is a nonsense is the you know last year doesn't really matter as long as you bought a ticket for Grimsby, then you can get a ticket for Sutton. Well, that, that is nonsense. I know a scene ticket holder who's not going to Grimsby, but has now bought a ticket for Grimsby so that they could get a ticket for Sutton. Well, you, could, I mean? you, could, you could quite easily get a kid's ticket I, for Grimsby and I've, then go I've, and get an adult ticket done. Okay. Are you going to hear my views now, Danny, or are you just going to speak um, above no, it? I don't, I don't really want to hear it, really. But I, well, I, I, a, lot I, of people, I will... a lot of people feel the same way. But anyway, there's there's a couple of things I had an issue with, right? And you know me. I don't like to overreact about anything. And maybe like, no, no, you're I, very, I very rational, very reasonable. Very rational. When things yeah, really get, I, I like to sit back, think about it, then I react. You don't put things on Twitter straight away. You just no, sit. definitely yeah, not. Okay. You let but things permeate. A couple yeah. of things I've got with it. One, the fact that they just dropped it on fan. I know Jonesy put this thing where it's there's a little bit in there. But the fact they just dropped it on fans, I don't like mm-hmm. that. Because again, literally a day before, loads of people were, was shouting governance, governance. Have you spoke to the Don's Trust board? And then Bosch, because this suits them, there was none of that. Don't like that. Do you know what I mean? Play it fair across the whole board. Don't like the fact that, again, it was just dropped on fans like that. I also, I get your point regarding season tickets, right? But I can't buy, I don't buy a season ticket because home games I can't get to. So home games are no good for me. I live, live in Essex. I can't. I prefer to go away games. I go to more away games than I will home games because they're easier for me to get to Colchester. It's probably going to be quicker for me to get to Walsall, and I'm booked in for Walsall away than getting to Wimbledon. My problem is, as a Wimbledon fan now, who's going to go to a lot of away games, I'm looked in. I'm booked in for Colchester, Walsall, Barrow. I'm looking at. I'm looking at Malka, uh, I'm looking at sorry, Accrington on a Tuesday night, Harrogate on a Tuesday night. I will not get any points or any priority now going forward for any games right what yeah. i i have now put my time in my to go support the lads what it said to me is if you're a season ticket holder we love you as a woman fan if you're not a season ticket holder we do not give a shit about you as a woman fan but but at the same time and I, and then people you, will you're, say you're overreacting but but you're you're just you've just spoken so about i not five, go to games then now well no you've just spoken about five matches and i'm gonna go to 26. Yes, yeah, so you should get priority for every home game, FA Cup, Man U at home. But what I'm saying is, though, is that if, if I'm if I'm going 26 times to a Wimbledon game and you're going zero to home games, well, I'm going Rex But even when you look at it, right, think of it from a club perspective. The club are earning money by you going to Wimbledon. They're not home earning games. money, yeah, but they're not going to earn money from you 
If anything, you're supporting Wimbledon by giving your money to Walsall, by giving your money that. to Tranmere. So, you, so you're, you're saying, as a Wimbledon fan, we, we care about you more as a home Wimbledon fan because you're going to spend more money overall what, over a season but, than someone okay, who's going to go. But, but now, you, you might not go any away games at all. Yeah. And you're, going to, you're going to get a ticket. You're going to go Grimsby away and Sutton away, and that's it. But, but what I'm saying to you, though, is what's the solution then? What is the... I, I said about the travel be... away club. Right. Because there are people that will go home and away. They will have seen tickets. They'll go home and away. Like at the moment, right. I think we've sold, what, 300 tickets to Grimsby? So that first priority out of 1,300 tickets we got for Sutton, 300 of them ain't a lot, to be fair. That's not a lot of tickets. We're still going to have 1,000. But if the next one is seen ticket holders and someone who bought an away ticket last year. You could have only gone one away game. You're guaranteed to go Sutton. It's like one of my mates, he went to Colston. Uh, where's the one up north when we played in Manchester in the FA Cup that time? It's like a midday kickoff. What, Curzon Ashton? Curzon, Curzon Ashton. Went to Curzon Ashton on a Sunday at midday. They couldn't get a ticket for Sutton when when that was that time. And I just, it blows my mind, Danny, that you can go to Barrow, you can go to Accrington on Tuesday night, but you're not going to go to any other away game if it's a big one. Like, as I said to you earlier, you've got a guy who lives in Norwich who only goes home games because he travels and that's his travelling all the time. We yeah. get Norwich in the FA Cup, we only get 800 tickets. He's going to have more points and more priority over me, who's been 10, 15 away games and five home games. But what? Got no what, priority now. But is there not like, is there also, though, to be blunt, rather than going to watch Accrington away on a Tuesday night and Harrogate, why don't you watch Wimbledon play this team and this team when we're at home? Why don't you just do that? Because I can't go to them games. I can go I to Harrogate on a Tuesday because my work and my arrangements at home suit that, that I can get yeah, to Harrogate. But... But there might be another Tuesday where it would suit, wouldn't it? What, a home Isn't game? It? Yeah. It possibly, possibly, yeah. And I probably yeah. will go to them games. Yeah. I don't said I am. But no, I'll probably right. I do it. more away games than I will home games. So your saying is, though, that having so a well, season How do we, we said this before ticket, about we got to look after all fans. On this, yeah. we're not looking after all fans. We're looking after... A, that's four thousand four hundred of them. Well, to be to be okay, but to be let's let's <laughs> and the problem you got is with something like this is as as I think again I'm gonna mention Mick again. We could have sold three thousand Sutton. We've got yeah. four thousand four hundred season tickets. We only got twelve hundred and ninety and I'm quite glad the club is doing something. I just think the the way it was put out, yeah, and the thought behind what we actually do to you know what I mean, and so I get it, sin ticket holders. And also that you talk about scene ticket. This is probably the I think the second year I've not had a scene ticket. I've had scene tickets for years. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I had a season ticket during COVID when the club needed the money the most. Mm-hmm. I stood up and said, "There you go. There's my four hundred quid. I'm not going to watch any games at home this year. That's my season ticket money." I got a, a certificate signed by Jane Lunster. Cheers. Yeah, that was that that was a disappointment. That's, this is before Danny Macklin came in. This is no, 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 no. I understand that. And and I get me and my, one of my mates kind of said to me the other day, Lee. I think you're overreacting, which is very unlike me. He said, "We are finally doing stuff off the pitch to actually." Do you know what I mean, people might not like Danny Macklin personally and stuff like that. I, I've got no issues with Danny. We are finally doing stuff off the pitch, like with home tickets, with the stuff we're trying to sell. We're going to steward in later. But there's talk about like the stadium card. One of my mates bought a stadium card today. He's got a Wrexham ticket at home. £5 off if you get a stadium card, you get £5 off home games. Do you know what I mean? So he don't have to yeah. buy a season ticket because, he again, he ain't with work and stuff, he ain't going to be able to go every home game. 
and we are there is a lot of stuff we are doing right now. There's a resale. I think the resale thing is going to be starting soon, so you get money. Oh, need, that needs to be much better. But yeah. They are, and and Danny Macklin's the content with Danny Macklin the other day with his interview and what was going on behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? And the stuff we are doing, the Johnny Jackson interviews and stuff like that, is absolutely spot on. Maybe from a selfish point of view, I was looking at it from my point of view and thinking, of well, course, I'm but now that's, not. But that's what everyone does, though. If a big game comes as a massive gonna... Wimbledon fan who probably is going to go to Barrow and look round and think there's a hundred people here, where the fuck are the twelve hundred night there went to Sutton? Well, Sutton's easy to get to in Barrow. I kind of get it, but I just think the way it was brought out and stuff needs to be better thinking. And I, yeah, maybe I did overreact, but I mean, I think I think the other side of the coin is that the Sutton game is a bit of an of an anomaly. There's not going to be a huge amount of games where we're not going to. You're not going to be able to get a ticket. I guess it's it's a it's a new thing for us because we've always been able to get tickets wherever yeah, it is. No my, problem. My problem with it is a point system, Danny. That now people are starting on points. So, in say five years' time, me and my son have got seat tickets again. My work life means that I can go every home game, every away yeah. game. I'm going to be like 100 points behind someone that's only just started supporting mm-hmm. Wimbledon. That's bought a season ticket this year and gone. Actually, I can go to Queens because it's during the hard term. They now are head on points. Do you get what I mean? That's where someone else pointed out. Yeah, but that, but again, that's life. Anything, yeah, yeah, it has to start somewhere. And then what they're trying to do is they're looking at, I presume, what they think is a, is is the best model available. And unfortunately, whenever you look at any kind of decision, there is going to be someone. Just like when you're picking a football team, just because when you're looking at partners or whatever, there's going to be a group of people who are probably going to be hardest done by, and you're probably in that package, which I think is. You, I understand totally where you're coming from. I but guess. they didn't sell it when they were selling season tickets. They didn't say when you get your season ticket, you you'll need a season ticket mm. to guarantee some of the, the away games. Which, which again, I think is a fault of theirs. They did put it in a little piece. There is a little bit. There's a little bit in the kind of terms and conditions. Oh, okay. It's small. It is small. But I I kind of get it. I do I do understand it. It doesn't suit me. There's a good another kid. He's he, he, he's gone to uni now and hasn't got a scene ticket. It's kind of money situation. He said he probably would have got a scene ticket or he could still get a scene ticket. But do you know what I mean? People that had scene tickets last year now who can't afford them this year or circumstances have changed and now thinking, shit, I'm not going to be. I would, I would have thought, though, in the whole in the whole season, the only game that you're going to struggle to go to is Sutton. I'd or, FA, or FA Cup games. At home or away? Both. Yeah, but I mean, away, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. But again, away from home, though, like I said, it's, again, like you said, it just depends who you get, I suppose. Like FA Cup, we you should, like, if we get Man U, we should be able to get 10,000 tickets for Man U away, so every season to Colder should be able to bring a friend. It's how me and my boy got tickets for Wrexham. I don't agree with the priority of Wrexham either, like, you have, you know what I mean, it's still not on general sale. But yeah. is that because we've risen that much now and we have, it blows my mind we've sold 4,400 season tickets and we're doing better than last year with regards to season tickets, especially the last two years. I don't know what it is, what we've done as a club. We should be patting ourselves on the back and going, this is bloody mad. Do you know what I mean? Danny McLean, Craig Cope, even Johnny Jackson to a certain extent must be thinking, what the fuck is going on? How are we outsold season tickets from last year when last year was so bad on the pitch? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because obviously the product at Plough Lane is obviously decent with regards to the ground, what we sell food wise, the food bands, do you know what I mean? The the kids' corner. We must we're doing something right, Danny. And it's just old people like me who moan a lot. And uh 
Well, no, I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're moaning. You just got. Okay. You just got an opinion that is. I just think it could have been. This... It could have been better done. And yeah, as I said, I for a Wimbledon fan of twenty five years have been home and away with five years without missing a game. The season I don't get a season ticket, I can't now go to say Sutton away with. And it's more from a boy as well. Like he lives. He lives up near Leicester. He's not going to be able to go home games. Do you know what I mean? Our situation with regards to when I have access to him and stuff is totally different. And now, yeah, he don't get to go games, but it's one of them well, things. Do you want to talk about your other favourite subject, which is stewarding? Well, I wasn't... Yeah, we'll go on to that. So, I'm not a big fan of the chief steward, the security officer anyway. That's... If people want to find out about that, they can always DM me and message me and I'll speak to him about that. But stewards last year, uh, there was a there was something put out recently by our chief security officer saying how people noticed the difference with stewards last year and they were quite happy with them. Absolute bullshit. The stewards down there sometimes are absolute animals. Most away fans complained about them last year. Portsmouth at home, I wasn't there. I don't know if you went to the home game. Who? Portsmouth, pre-season. No. So a fan was ejected. Uh, A fan came to us and said, was you there? Did you see it? Apparently, a fan put the middle finger up. Heavy-handed mm. stewards came in, removed him, kind of pushed him a bit too far. Didn't really need to push him and stuff. Dan Macklin's come out and said a fan was removed, but they were making homophobic gestures. If that is the case, then fine. Yeah. But there's ways to do things, and a lot of cl- a lot of the fans I see, and a lot of fans who would not put up with homophobic gestures and would not put up with their like, have also said that there's heavy-handed stewarding there was fans, go, stewards looking just to seeing if someone had a bottle top on so they could rip them out of their seats kind of thing. And do you know what I mean? I think like people standing at the back of rows and stuff where there's no one behind them, that ain't going to fly this year. I really, I really dread Wrexham at home where I think we're going to be in some issues where people are standing, people are singing, trying to make an atmosphere up. Wrexham are going to sell out. They're going to do whatever they want. I think one of the fans pointed out to stewards Portsmouth for pretty much doing what they wanted and they said, well, we can't go in there. It caused too much issue if we went and told them to sit down. Yeah, not not a fan of it and I think a lot of people are not a fan of the stewarding at the moment, Danny, and it's very heavy-handed, Robocop-style, MMA-style stewarding, which we don't need as a family-friendly <laughs> club. That's what someone else M- said. MMA-style, I just love it. Like, One of the quotes is... They referees a wanker and someone gets put in like an armbar. I think that's pretty much what is going on, mate. And it's it's laughable, but I think some... Hang to the floor! One guy said to one of the guys, could you DM me? Because I think this is the guy who made my life hell last year. And that should not be happening at football. I know people get heated and there's things said, but people need to... Um, yeah, the stewards just need to chill out. Well, I think it's also that it is... And again, it's that difficult where, where football is trying to move we have got this very inclusive culture and everyone can say what they want and you can't offend anybody and this kind of stuff. And we are in that, in the middle of this pronoun generation and generation Z, I think they call it whatever, where everyone has to see it. Everyone has to do this. No one can swear. No one can do anything. And I think that football is going through those changes. And I guess it's that balance where the, again, you've got the old school who are the older fans who want to shout and do the champagne song and, call the referee certain things when you've got the newer generations, which is where football fans are horrified. I, I just, for me, it should be a case of if you're in that 
if you're behind the goal, it's all better off. If you're in your corner, you do what you want. There's a yeah. family area where, and let's face it, if you're in that family area, no one's saying a dicky bird. No one's going to say anything. You're, you're going to hear something, but you can just go, for me, Jimmy, that's not, that's not for you. That's I just, yeah, I, I think you, the problem is you can water down football to the point, but if, it's hard to create atmosphere and demand energy and want guts and glory and fighting and passion on this pitch, but without having any kind of passion off of it is very, very hard. Yeah, for me, I'm in the old school camp. I'm in the the, the Ricky Gervais thing and saying people got to stop saying that joke was offensive and say, I found that joke offensive. And I think it's the same as football. There's a fine line, no homophobia, no racism, do you know what I mean? No sexism. You know what I mean? You you got a young girl. You want her to come to football. You don't want to hear, oh, ref, get back in the kitchen, you slag and stuff like that. That too far. No, but good. calling the referee a wanker and who's the wanker in the black, things like that, I'm all for. I told my boy when he was young, you're going to go to football. You're going to hear some words that you do no. not repeat at school. You do not repeat in the outside world. Do you know what I mean? It's a working man's game. Oh, I couldn't even, shouldn't even say that now. Probably. No, you definitely can't say that. And working, that's, but that's the kind of the problem. It's a working person's game that people go, they've had a shit week at work, they hate their wife, they hate their kids, and they want to go to football. Not me. I love my wife and kids. She's listening, so I've got to be careful. But yeah, you know what I mean? You, but you've had a shit life. Your, your life's shit. You go to football to see your mates, you have a beer, and you vent for 90 minutes at 11 people, men as well, 11 men kicking the ball. And you know what I mean? You let off. But this is the problem, Lee. As long as you don't go too far, you do not need to be hauled up, put in a headlock, and smashed left, right, and centre by a steward because he has that power to do. It's like the thing with bottle tops and stuff. We had one person last year apparently throw a drink at one of the players, and we've now banned all drinks from coming into the ground. And for me, as a cynic, someone very cynical, I think that's to do with the fact that we want to try and get as much money off, off our our customers as possible because they have to now buy drinks from the kiosks. Of course, I mean that's yeah. a, that's obvious. And like I said, it's just I'm forward, like as you said, I think I think it's kind of part. I think the biggest problem is that the game has moved. And like I said, you're talking about football is you know working man's club and 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 place where you can vent and scream. Unfortunately, the game is moving away from that. And like I said, I've got a great friend of mine who's a Millwall fan who. He has the exact same conversation. He goes to Millwall. He has a tricky life. He has a, you know, a hard like, like he has kids that get home and he's he's he goes to Millwall to let a bit of it, a bit of aggression out and just let some passion go. And it's a, it's a highlight of his week. And after that, he comes back and his life's fine. But it just it gives him an option to have a bit of a moan and a bit of a wind and a bit of a shout. But football is moving away from that. And yeah, I agree. I think the problem the we challenge. have. My problem with a lot of it now is social media. Social media is a horrendous place. A lot of people yeah. lose what I say through context of written form, where I'm not that great at writing. I struggle with writing and, and, and the written form, where I'm better now at speaking and I'll have a conversation with someone. And it used to be you watch your team lose, you go down the pub, you bitch and moan, you call Woodyard, whatever you call him, and you, you know what I mean, amongst your mates. A few yeah. people hear it, they get involved in the conversation. It's a conversation. It's not much other than that. Now on on, on Twitter, you'll say, I'll just put on my own Twitter, Woodyard's a prick, why did he do that? And then you'll get a load of no marks you don't even know, loads of people with no pictures or anything, and you're like, who are these people now digging me out and stuff like that? Like, yeah. It just becomes very, what's the word, toxic and stuff. And yeah. I think that's happened at Wimbledon in the last couple of years. And as I said before, 
Danny Macklin, Craig Cope are doing really good jobs behind the scenes. They really are trying to improve stuff. There's loads of stuff still to work on, but they've got to take the uh, the, the, the good with the bad. And, and the stewarding at the moment is one of the bad things that unfortunately does need to change. Uh, and yeah, hopefully next year will be better, but we'll see Wrexham at home. First game of the season, first home game of the season, how that is, because, yeah, I think that could be... It's, it's just very, very hard to build a... Fort- Everyone talks about, oh, you want a fortress, you want a fortress. Very hard to build a fortress if you're oppressing the home fans. Hmm. And the home fans don't feel they can shout, don't feel that they can be, like, busy, you know, be the 12th person. We've been to loads of grounds, and you're like, wow, them lot are going bonkers. And you've got to give them the space to do it. Let's face it as well, we're not going to be the mental fans of other clubs. We're just not. Our, our demographic's different. We've got a load of new fans. We've got a very die-hard group of very well, passionate fans. But biggest middle-class areas in the world. But, but, but we're not We're not fighters. We're not turning up and having tear-ups. We're shouting, supporting our, our team. And I think that if you're going to water that down even more, as opposed to going to a stop port when you're in the middle of, middle of Moss Side and, or wherever else you're going to be and you're in a a difficult area where there's nothing going on, a barrow or whatever. And, you know, we went to Mansfield, the guy with the drum banging like mental in a corner. You just, you just, you can't, you've got to kind of, and again, it, it all equates. Yes, you know, Danny Macklin's trying to improve the players, but it's not just the players who are playing the game of football. You have the fans who are cheering and making an energy. And the last thing, you know, you want as a, as a football player is to turn up to your ground and go, oh my God, this is terrible. Like the fans are on your back. You're uncomfortable. You don't want a pleasant experience. And we if we're going to be successful on the pitch, we've got to make sure that the fan experience, A, we get people through the door, but also you don't you just you don't just want bums on the seats, you want bums on the seats who are engaged in the game, who are shouting and cheering on the team and creating energy. It's it's not it shouldn't be just a numbers game. It should be you want people that there. There's no point me bringing my mum. I mean, she's going to say nothing. She's just going to barely be involved in the game. You'd rather someone come along who was prepared to be partake in the, the spectacle. Yeah. Um, and it's that balancing that between, you know, I would rather have 500 people, have a few empty seats, but everyone is passionate, screaming, trying almost sucking the ball into the goal, than you have another 1,000 seats. Yeah, the, the, the balance sheet is good, but the, the experience is watered down. But again, we're kind of not in that environment. It's a really tricky balance that you know Danny Macklin and the other people in the club are trying to make yeah. but the stewards have got to understand that from a home point of view there needs to be a, also up for me there needs to be an element of trust they need to kind of go okay Wimbledon's track record we are not people who run on the pitch and start chucking stuff we're not a team who we had it outside once the ground last are impact- year. that's what they yeah, were hide behind but, they were hide behind that one but, but it's, if and you it compare that to in. every other ground it's it's ridiculous and that's and, the and, problem and I think that's the problem I've got is the, the excuses that we have is that we're being watched by the authorities and we'll get fined and we'll get stadium part stadium closures no we're not freaking Galatasaray we're not do you know what I mean? We're not Millwall. We're not these teams that have had issues in the past. We had one bottle incidents last year. Now you've literally now every fan has to pay for that. 
ban the person that was involved straight away, bosh, done. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Now we're against everything. And as I said, against Portsmouth, we got tagged in it straight away because one of the fans, and he's he's a mild fan. The guy who was annoyed by it all. Do you know what I mean? So if he's annoyed by these stewards, then, do you know what I mean? It's not just me and, as people would say, meatheads. There are some people at the club, <laughs> middle class we who's, calling you a, who's calling you a meathead? Well, it's because I'm bold and I talk a load of shit, and it really meathead. Uh, I love the fact that you think you're a meathead. I think that's sensational. Well, and yeah, and do you know what I mean? If they're upsetting them, then they're doing something very wrong at the club, regards to the stewards. But uh, right, should we move on and discuss our predictions for the season, or do you want to do that another time? Oh, it's up to you, mate. It's your your gig, mate. What do you want to do? It's our gig. Our gig. Let let's let's do ten minutes. Of talking about our expectations for the season, what we think, maybe some teams that we're keeping an eye on, maybe a few players that we can be bothered, if we can be bothered. But, you know, just keep an eye on the stewards at your house. Yeah, you meet it. We'll do that. All right, we'll come back in a minute. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. We're going to be discussing uh, the season, uh, our predictions, where we think we're going to end up. A lot of predictions have gone out recently. People like Gab Sutton, uh, some of the other uh, Wimbledon uh, people have put their predictions out. Uh, most of them are saying 16th, 17th, Dan. What okay. is yours? I'm 12th. I think, I, think, I think we're going to be 12th. I think we've got... Um... A slightly, I don't know whether we're personnel improved as in individuals, but I think as a squad, the average is better than what we've had. And I think we've got, I don't think we're going to have the same problem as last year. I personally would love us to be 10th. I'd love us to be in in with the hunt of maybe a playoff place with three or four to go. It'd be lovely if in, in the last three games, you won all three, there was a chance. But I just don't think we've quite got enough strength and I wonder whether we're building this year is the first cope year he's building a group of players all of the players are coming in a permanence which means really a two-year deal you'd guess I wonder whether this is the kind of the build-up year but I guess it's a question of what you think is a good year and particularly for Johnny Jackson would will Johnny Jack well Michael yeah well let me we'll come to that in a minute who where do you think we're going to be uh, for me, I think anything above 15th, I'd be quite happy. I think anything below 15th, as I said, there's a lot of people predicting 16th, 17th. And I, I put out a tweet today saying, saying a lot of 16th, 17th. Is that where our standards have now dropped that low that we're happy with finishing 16th, 17th? Or should we? is it where we are as a club at the moment? Is that an improvement? For me, I'd expect us, same as you, between 10th and 12th, pushing playoffs, it's a tough league this year. There's a lot of bigger teams in it. Again, I'll make you write about Craig Cope. This is his first window. We've got another in January. If we can get, if we stay in this league and we can get rid of some of the big boys out of it at the end of the season, Stockport, Wrexham, Knox Counties can go out of it. Depending on who comes down, who goes up, it might be a, a, a not so tough league the year after. And that'd be the time when you go right there, same for them. It, it, it does look, just looking at it, like a very, very competitive league. Hmm. It doesn't look like a Mickey Mouse league. But if this we year. finish 15th or below, I'll be fuming, absolutely fuming, and I'd want heads to roll. Because I think with the squad that we've now got, we've got rid of a lot of the 
dead wood that we've been calling for, the marshes, the wood yards. You know what I mean? There's a lot of players gone that everyone has said dead wood. You know what I mean? Injury prone players here and now. We're building a squad. If we below, if we finish below 15th, I'd, I'd expect questions to be asked because I don't think we've improved that much then. Well, I've, I'm, I've just gone through the list of teams and regardless of what they did last year, I've identified at least seven that we should 100% be above in my yeah. head. But so, okay, second question. So you reckon, so you're, you, you're reckon 14, 15, where? No, above that. We've got to be above, above that. that. Hopefully okay. 12, same as you. But if, we... if, you, if we're finishing in 12, is Johnny Jackson still manager at the end of the season? Or does he start the following season as manager? If we if if we finish twelfth, yes, I yeah. think he he would be our manager. I don't think he'll get to the end of the season still though. I think I'm. Is the, the the good thing I think he has, and I think one of the good things about Wimbledon, and he has to look at it, and the players have to look at it, is that we are a very forgiving fan base. So, I mean, I know we go around smashing people up like that's why the stewards come find him. But we are forgiving fan base. Most people have already forgot about last year. We've sold 4,400 season tickets. There's a lot of optimism. People are buzzing for the season to start. As I said, a lot of people now we've got rid of some of the players that we didn't want to be here have gone. There's no excuses anymore. So I think people are now giving Johnny Jackson a second chance. I just, my worry is 10, 15 games in and we've only won two or three games. Does it turn? I'm really hoping it doesn't. I really hope people say, oh, look, I told you so about Johnny Jackson and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's a it's a massive 10, 15 games for him at the start of that season, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I kind of agree with you in terms of that. In terms of the league, I'm, I mean, I'm looking through it. I think it's fair to say the Wrexhams are... are it'd be, it, I think, like you said, the Wrexhams, the Stockports are not Rex, counted. Wrexham won't get in the playoffs. Wrexham won't. No. Oh, I think yeah, I think they're going to absolutely. The only time, the only, they might do something if in January they're in and amongst it, they could go out and spend money. They've just lost Mullin. He's just got a punctured lung, so okay. he's out for the game against us. Is he? Yeah, I I really think they might. Struggle. I don't. I think they're Hollywood bubble. I really, really don't want to be hearing about Wrexham all season. It really is tedious now. Everything like they beat Man U 3 1 in a friendly the other day. It was only Man U's reserves, and they were talking like they beat the fucking European champions. It's really tedious with them. Fair play to their club. And we thought our ticket in situation was bad. They have 75 tickets that go to international fans. Wow. Go before people that actually live in Wrexham. But most Wrexham fans said it's only 1% of the capacity, 75 fans. Most Wrexham fans who want a ticket will get a ticket, but it still blows my mind. But I, I don't think they'll... I think Stockport will win the league next year. I think Notts County have done some really good business bringing in uh, McGold... What's his name? McGoldrick. Yeah. And they've got long staff still. I think they'll be a bounce. Bun- the other team I was going to say who was my sort of surprise package, but I don't think there'd be too much of a surprise, is Gillingham. Again, good summer. Picked up... Some, I mean, Scott Malone's a fantastic signing for them as a left-back. I just... I feel like they could be... They've had a really good preseason, from what I can see. Johnny Williams, I think I don't, I don't yeah. believe the hype on him anymore. To his view, he's kind of I think he's spent a little bit, but I feel that they might be, they they could be interesting. Anyway, about us then. My my surprise this, package. Sorry, I know you said yeah, my no, surprise package, and I hate to say it, is Sutton. 
No. I think they've done some really good business. They've just signed Cash, a, a I, I, Cash Kit's brilliant. Cash I've, Kit. I always, yeah, I always signed them Smith out. from Orient. They signed the Orient captain no, in midfield. Smith, Smith from Orient's gone to... Sutton. No, the, the quick winger, the quality the player. the striker. Oh, right. The bloke I'm thinking is the... The big guy we said we'd look at, and then we oh, saw right. Google. Oh, right, okay. Oh, right, yeah. okay. They've done some good business. I, I really think they'll do all right Sutton this year. I, really, I hate saying it. They're my surprise package. My other surprise package, the other end of the table, is Swindon. I think Swindon, I think they've only signed one player. I think they're really going to struggle this year with Crawley. Go on, mate. No, I, I'm happy, happy with that. Um, coming in from our point of view, who's going to be a big player and who's going to be your kind of one to watch? Like You've got your main player. Who's, who's going to be our headline player this year? And who's going to be the little person who's under the radar, our chislet of last year, if you like? Well, cheese, it was rubbish. So, I'm, yeah, Newville is going to be our big player this year. Yeah, I think, year. So. I think he's going to be our sell now. I think he's going to be exciting fans, score the odd goal here and there as long as he keeps it up and work rate's good. Reeves is going to be amongst it because I think fans just love him. I think his attitude, everything he brings to the table. Uh, one, I think McLean might be one to come up. The one okay. you said, the, the, the one surprises people really. I think he's quite, yeah, he'll be good. Uh, and Joe Lewis, possibly, at the back as well. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because I, I kind of, I've gone more, I think Ali will be good, but I don't think he'll be as good as he was last year. I just feel Great. that second season's really tricky. And I think, you know, he's had a whole, I mean, if he is, Jesus, we're in a, we're in a great place. But I just feel like Newfield has sort of came from Sutton, he started really well at Sutton. I'm hoping that he can carry that on for us. I know he kind of died a little bit with an injury in January, but I think he's going to be the main sort of driver. And I think the other one actually is going to be Bass. I think he's going to be a really, really good signing. I think he's got, he ticks a lot of the boxes that we kind of need. Um, and I feel like that is, yeah, he's going to complete a half decent puzzle. I guess the, the last question is, obviously we've still got, Technically, until the begin end of end of August, what what one position now do you feel like we need an extra player in? I think we need a right back because yeah. Billa, unfortunately, as good as he is, I love him, but he's injury prone. Ogandia, for me, still not anywhere near it. It's still not good enough for me to play week in week out. He's good to come off the bench. He's good to have around the squad, but right back. I think left back, left back's not an issue for me as much as I think if we keep Curry brilliant, I'd still think Curry would be off. So if Curry goes, we need a new left back. Yeah. But Curry and Brown as your two, as much as I don't like Brown, I think his attitude is all wrong and he's probably one of the bad eggs. Someone said the other day he's an experienced left back is he, and he can play centre back. Is he the worst person to have around the place? No. I think centre backs were sorted. We'll need another keeper if Zanev and Brun go. But yeah, right back. I think we're solid in midfield, depending on, it, again, if we loan any any youngsters out. And I still think we need another striker. I feel we just need one. I think we need a we need a versatile fullback. I think mm. you can play left or right back. Um, for not me, that, much. That, no, no, not no, not really. But what we definitely, I feel like we definitely need a right back though. Yeah, I feel like, like you said, I'm not overly over the moon with um, 
with Curry at left back. But there was, like I said, there was this young lad who played in the pre-seasons as a right back who really impressed. He got injured um, the other day. He was on he's on trial from he'd just been released by Sheffield under twenty threes or Sheffield United under twenty. No, no, I'm not thinking I'm not thinking of him. There was a gen there was a guy who joined Wimbledon as an under eighteen. Um and um I'll get I'm gonna find his name. And apparently he was very, very, very good. Um and we kind of I think we got him from somebody like Tottenham, I'm tempted to say. Um, I'll see if I can find his name. One I've got his name. The is... one, one we need to find. I need to find a new scapegoat. Oh, okay. I like this. Go on, then. who's going to be your new scapegoat? I don't know. Yeah, I've got to look. I don't really want to put any one names in yet because then I will go. One of my mates has already picked his scapegoat. Teach has already picked Joe Lewis because of the way he wears his shorts. Yeah, that is really, really annoying, isn't it? But I think Josh Davison could be the man next year because of his hair and. I don't think we'll be playing as much and Willie Sulk and stuff, but I've got no scapegoat at the moment. We've obviously Woodyard going, Marsh, and do you know what I mean, Zanev possibly out the door as well. The only one Brown, but I can't see him playing that much, so he can't really be a scapegoat. But yeah, Matthias Tepe was the guy's name. Oh, Tepe, he, yeah, he, I've heard. heard he good played, he, yeah, he played um, in preseason, looked really good. Scapegoat, that's a great, great question. I think it's going to be Armani Little. I think he's the one that everyone's going to kind of get the up with and maybe not moving the game on. Alternatively, depending on how bad he can get, it's Pell, because Pell is polarising, isn't he? Um, yeah, OK. Well, there might be. if he does his shit as we like next year in good places, don't mind it in ridiculous places, it, it is not funny. So I think, I think we're going to be 12. I think Jackson is not going to be there at the end of the season. I think it's going to be a massive season for Newville. I think you're going to need to um, to keep an eye on um, Tilly. I think he's going to be good. And obviously Bass, I think, is going to have a great season. And I think Gillingham are going to be a team that are going to come we, right up to the mix of it. We have any bets this year? We can have as many bets as you like. Well, you never pay out, so it don't really matter to me. But Well, in that case, we can bet all day if you like. The thing is, I'm never wrong. I'm happy. I always win the bets. I was going to say, um, I'm more than happy... Dependent on the fan base that we've got, it's a, every single fixture this year. I'll create it. You can tell me who wins, who loses. I create it, and whoever wins wins the one was that a dream trophy. If you like, I can. I'm sure one of our esteemed sponsors will support a nice trophy from them. Go we can get we can get sponsor, other fans a, a, a trophy. trophy Listen, I, I've got. I know exactly who's going to get me one. If you want to do it, I will set it up, and then we'll. We will fill it in all to each each match. We can fill it in, and we'll see how who you get that set up then. I'll set it least, up. At least you'll be able to do something for this podcast. Me and Joe are the only ones. Hey. My backs are in. Hey, Joe gets all the graphics here. Right? I'm the one with the words. Make it all good. And I'm the one who comes up with all the content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wish that was true. Anyway. Is that order? Well, Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure again talking to oh, you. You can't you can't new, say that after slagging me off. New season coming up. Look forward to week in, week out. Hopefully a positive season. It will be positive. Hopefully by the end of the season we're not thinking this game's done. Uh and I don't think you're I don't think you'll cope with another bad season. I think you I think this is a tricky season for you. Once you get through it and you've got that first away game and you've got your ticket in your hand, you'll be fine. Love it. But take, hope, yeah, hopefully I need a good season to be fair. And hopefully like on Twitter I won't won't upset too many more people on Twitter. Yeah, just try not rather than just tweet immediately you're a you know, Bumbaclar or whatever, just pause, read, and then decide not to, just don't post anything. Just 
Just don't do it. Can't do it. Anyway. <laughs> Right, that's it. That's us done. Uh, thanks to uh, Season Master for sponsoring the podcast again this season. Thanks very much to them. Uh, we are part of also the Talk Sport Fan Network, and yeah, you can you can hear the adverts as the program goes on. Dan, thanks to Danny. Joe Moja is back again this year as well with all the graphics. We'll be back Sundays with the Sunday debrief as well. Uh, Jack Maltney, uh Jonathan. Uh, the Yank will be coming on as well a lot more. Jonathan the Yank. I can't. Jonathan New York, isn't it? It's surname. I forget can't his surname. call him Jonathan the Yank. Oh, of course you can. Well, is, is he has he given you permission to call him Jonathan the Yank? Loves it. Loves it. He he did say to me call him the Fourth of July or something. I don't know why, but did you call him Yankee very much? Yeah, yeah. Yank on this, but then he. That's what he said. So yeah, they'll be coming on doing a bit of the debrief if I can't make it. Uh, but yeah, most weeks I'll be on the debrief. Hopefully that'll be fun this year and not as miserable as normal. But yeah, it's me. My missus says I'm miserable all the time. So correct. Right, Danny. I will see you at Wrexham. I'm not going to Grimsby. <sighs> not if I see you first. But I'll be at Wrexham. Can't wait for that one. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Good night. Come on, you dons. Good one, balls. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.